Hey guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about everyone's favorite books from the TikTok world. What's been happening? We're going to discuss those books here. So today's book we are covering is book three of the Plated Prisoner series from Raven Kennedy, and this book is called Gleam. Um, as always, I'm joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Bridget. Hi. And Hilda. Hey. Uh, and Hilda's going to take us through the full recap because she just finished today, right? Yep. I finished a few hours ago. Yep. Now, Bridget and I, again, have read this a couple months ago, so we don't have the freshest thoughts, but <laughs> the anger is still there from some points. <laughs> but as always, before we get into it, I want to give our always spoiler warning. If you have not read this book and you would like to read this book, we will be going through um, deep plot points, character arcs, character reveals. And so we don't want to spoil anything for you if you have planned to read this. So this is your final warning. If you have not read this book, don't want to be spoiled. Maybe go back to some other ad- po- podcast episodes. But for right now, Hilda's going to take us through the final thoughts on Gleam because the fourth book comes out. Now, it was supposed to come out and we learned today that it got pushed back. Yeah. It was supposed to be out May 19th, but Miss um, Kennedy, congratulations. Um, she picked up a UK publisher, so they pushed back the date so they could publish. Um, they had time to publish some of her books. So congratulations to her. Um, not mad. This like sounds really cool and really awesome, um, but we do have to wait an extra month now for um, the book to come Which out. Which means you have plenty of time to read all of them and then join us for book four. When we talk about thoughts, feelings, and flesh tentacles. Ugh. Flesh tentacles. You had to say it. Caitlin, do you also want to do the quick recap as suggested by our listeners? Yes, of course. Thank you. How quickly I forgot by this excellent <laughs> suggestion. Um, so in oh, – man, I didn't really prep for this. So maybe you're better at this. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to think. Okay. so I want to say – yeah, at some point, not some point, she was returned to the castle. She's with Midas. Um, she's realizing that Midas is not who she thinks she is, he is. Um, she's also met King Slade, Ravenger. King yeah, Ravenger. Yeah, that's his name. Uh-huh. And, you know, we also- had a recent character reveal. So King Ravenger is also hubby hubby Rip Commander. Or Commander Rip. Right, there's this whole, like, (laughs) Freaky Friday situation sort of happening with Commander Rip and uh, Slade, King Rot, King Ravager. So many names, this man. Um, And so... A lot of names. So this is sort of... This book covers uh, Orin's return back to the castle, the uh, unveiling, I guess, of what her life actually is with King Midas, and um, how shitty of a person King Midas is. Um, I think she's also discovering things about, you know, what's currently going on in Fourth Kingdom and the other kingdoms. I think she meets a representative from what kingdom number three? Who is that queen that's with Midas? She's second or third kingdom. She meets another kingdom. I guess we'll find out in the full recap from Hilda, so keep listening. So if you're wondering where we are in this book, please know Orin has come back now. She's with Midas. Um, King Ravenger, King Rot, Slade are all camped outside, and there's sort of a meeting of the minds as they figure out how are we going to live in this world going forward, knowing that there's been some invasions and we need some peace. Um, and then all the the political uh, 
talks that happen behind that. So on that note, thank you so much. There's for- a spicy, spicy. There's a couple. There's a couple spicy scenes. So um, there's a lot. Thank you for reminding me, Hilda. Three books later. I know. Um, so one of my favorite things about reading a book series after you guys read it is that I text you all of my thoughts. I love and that. I get I get really awesome reaction emojis, but nothing else, so you don't spoil it. But I appreciate being able to like text people things like "Vitus is a fucking asshole." How do you Um, just two quick observations. Last couple of books, I kept calling it sadism, but really, there's just a lot of misogyny in this book. Oh yeah, like they hate the women. Mm-hmm. It's really terrible. Yeah. Um, so I did want to correct that, and also, all of the royals in this book are assholes. Like, there's not oh, a single uh-huh. good royal from like snot nosed twelve year old Prince Naveen Niven. Niven. Naveen. I thought it was Naveen. Naveen. Okay. Oh. Um, we'll agree to that one. You know, he's like a total like brat. Um, obviously, Melina is still, you know, Ice Queen. We meet Queen Kayla, um, who's also a jerk. Although I think, well, it's K A I L A. So I called her Kayla. It could be Kyla? Kayla? Kyla? I think I called her Kyla. Okay. So it's K A what? It's K A I L A. Kyla, I think Kyla. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Kyla, Kayla. Okay. Yes. But either way, so to your point, the that's why I think I draw so many parallels to Game of Thrones in that gritty, gritty world where every person in power in that series is just a shitty person. There's yeah. not a Minus lot of Ra- redeeming characters. Minus King Ravenger. Yeah. Who right. is supposed to be the worst of them all, and turns out he's not. Because of his power, but he's not. Okay, so book three starts off with a flashback to when Oren is thinking about her time in Anwen with her family, um, but really she's just turned 15, which means that her owner, who is Z- Zakir West, um, is starting to use her as a sex worker. Um, and so, of course, he's enjoying selling off the golden girl, Um and it's really, it's terrible and it's really breaking her spirit. And I'm kind of going to jump around here a little bit. Um, and so she's trying to sneak away because she doesn't, she did it once already. She was with a customer once. And so she wants to run away. Um, but Zakir finds her and he tells her that Barden East, who's another flesh trader, I forgot the name of the town that they're in, has been asking about her. And Zakir, Zakir basically tells her that if she doesn't behave, he's going to sell her so that motivates her to continue entertaining Zakir's clients. When she gets tipped by the men, though, she's like so disgusted by the money that she just leaves it there. Um, She doesn't want anything to do with it. And I'm jumping around here because the story, this backstory is throughout the entire book, but I'm just going to say it at the beginning. But the innkeeper where she's doing her work um, is saving the coins for her. And basically, one day when Oren's like really down and depressed about what she has to do. Uh, the innkeeper gives her the money and basically is like, you have a choice to make. And she gives her this like motivational speech that Oren remembers. I couldn't find it. When I, I was making that. my notes. I like that she was like a redeeming person. Who's like, yes. I'm going to save this money for you because you don't realize how much you, you need this. Yeah. And so she saved a lot. Like she, at that point, like she had like 30 coins, which is quite a bit. And so she wants to be able to use that money to like, 
jump, you know, get on one of the boats and escape. So essentially she starts hiding under the dock. um, And one day, and so she's walking back and this man comes up to her and basically tells her uh, that Barden East is looking for her. Um, And so she also sees some of Zakir's goons and she knows that she's been found. So she takes that opportunity to run away. Um, And she like leaps onto a rowboat that's going towards a bigger ship. And the captain of the boat is a woman. And so I guess kind of takes some compassion on her. And so basically allows her to leave on the boat. And that's sort of how we find out how Oren escapes her life, which I think this was in third kingdom. And so she can start a new life. Anyways. This so that was her backstory East. back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's her and back, so, backstory. Right. The flash other flush. What did you call it? Flush trader? trader? Flush trader. Yes. You know, always automatically just want to say flush tentacles. <laughs> um, He's notorious in that area. He like, is. Her owner is bad, but he's like the worst of the worst. And I think it was one of the lesser evils that's how she ended up where she was so i get why she ran like yeah we she wanted nothing to do with um barden east he had a terrible reputation he treated his women his girls really because she's only 15 um worse than zakir and and before they start working as sex workers don't they like aren't they just like kids on the street just begging for money or something beggars Mm -hmm. yep yep okay yeah no and they wanted her because she was all gold. I mean, what an attraction that is. Yeah, she was she was a novelty. Ugh, gross. I hated this whole part. Okay, so we're also going to get the Melina subplot out of the way. Because, of course, Melina is constantly in the book. And I just, I just don't like her. I appreciate you taking these subplots out of the way already. Just, okay. Get them out. So, Melina. So, essentially, after, remember, Melina had... um that terrible encounter with the townspeople who called her out for being fake and not caring about them. And so they're starting or to like protest and rise up against her. And rather than her like talking with the people, she's basically like punish them. How dare they come against me? Um, Malia, she's just, she's an asshole. No, she's definitely um, like that witch from Narnia that you were talking about. Yeah. She's queen just not, she's just like, where does she get off on being so arrogant? She really queen. turned a corner at a certain point where she was just like, oh, these people that I was supposed to love me, like, fuck them people. Like, exactly. you all are going to die. I don't care about you. Love I me don't. or die. Basically. Like, she doesn't seem to realize that her power ultimately, like, it comes from the people. So, Especially and- since she doesn't have magic. Like, this girl yes. is just a name. She was happened to reborn into this family she has zero power which means she has zero rule over this kingdom and instead of winning over her people she's slaughtering them yeah no she's like imprisoning them she's just not reacting wisely to the protests um at the same same time Maida sends her a note and he's basically like uh one of my saddles is pregnant so i need you to go into hiding because in six months um we're gonna pretend that child is yours and i'm gonna pass off my bastard kid as our child so this child can become my heir so of course that infuriates melina even more and she says no um to the whole thing which of course pisses off midas um so he sends an assassin after her 
the riots are continuing. Uh, they're starting to get worse. And Sir Pruin, remember the traveling sales fay, as I like to call him. The woo-woo um, man. Yeah. The woo-woo he man. He comes by um, and he's still like talking to her and he's still trying to get her to like read the map and do something with the map, but she refuses. Um, you know, she says that Seventh Kingdom has been gone. Um, but whatever he says, he that he has been, you know, hearing the news about town. And so he eventually, he tells her that the person that has been spreading the rumors, that has been starting the riots, is really um, someone like Midas's messenger. So it's really being instigated by Midas. And so that, of course, that pisses her off. And she tells the guards, like, if anybody comes near the castle, just, like, kill them. And, you know... This kind of they made me be crazy, up against me. crazy uh, Daenerys vibes. Actually, no, yes. more, so. crazy Daenerys vibes and sort of um, angry Cersei vibes. Yes. yes. Like, I yes. am the only person that can be in power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so anyways, one night, Geo, her saddle, wakes her up and he says, like, we have to I mean, flee. Joe. Joe. Geo, Joe, whatever. Geo. Um, he's like, we need to flee because the rioters have like breached the castle walls. And she's like, where, how, where are my guards? Where's everybody? They're like, they've abandoned you. Like you ordered the guards at the gate to kill their people, like their friends. Like, of course they turn against you. Yeah. Yeah. So she's totally in denial about the whole thing. But he like packs up her shit, grabs her and they're like fleeing with a couple of her guards. And they're going to go to a safe house that apparently the Collier family has had, um, for generations in their lives. So they end up fleeing the castle at some point. Sir Pruin joins them. I think they leave, end up leaving. There's six guards with her. Two of them stay behind to kind of like protect her. Those guys never come back. So they're either dead or, you know, they turned against her. I want to believe they um, turned against her. Probably. I want to believe they're, they're like, I mean, we got your back. Go ahead. No problem. I'm like, oof. glad that's over um, with. I also appreciate that Joe Geo is taking care <laughs> of her. Joe. I, G.I. Yeah. Because I feel like she did not have a friend or ally in the world that wasn't actually turning her back. And he was like, you need to realize the severity of the situation. Your guards have left you. The people yeah. want you dead. We're packing up and we're going. I also feel like maybe it's a little bit more of self-preservation knowing where he stands maybe. in relation to her. Where he's like, I'm part of this, whether I like it or not. And I would like to live. Therefore, get your ass and let's go. Pack a bag and run. I feel like at um, one point I just like – I don't know why I remember this. He's like, put on your slippers. Like, put on your shoes. Let's go. She's just like, no, oh, it's my people. Like, she was I'm totally fine. in I'm denial. Safe. Like, she's like, how – they wouldn't dare attack me. Like, she's an, she's as much of a narcissist as Midas is. Oh, yeah. And there's and like nothing they likable about her. My heart um, reaches out to G.I. Joe because now I just feel bad for him. <laughs> Anyways, they make it to the safe house with, I think, four of the guards. I don't know. Four of the guards, Sir Pruin, Geo, and Melina. And all she does is complain about the conditions of the safe house. It's run down. It's old. You know, but they're alive. But all she can do is complain. What else happens there? Uh Geo is really starting to get sick of her shit. Um, so he's like doing all the fishing, you know, she's doing nothing but sitting and complaining about the situation. 
So anyways, he really long story turned short, into like a GI Joe and went into survival mode here. Yeah. Yeah, no. Geo is great. So long story short, two of the guards had gone into town to see like what was going on, and they come back and they bring the news that Midas sent um troops to like quell the riots, but he's also telling everyone that she's dead and she died during the riots. So she's like, "What the hell?" And so they're coming up with some type of plan to see like what they can do when there's a strange sound outside and two of the guards go to check and like they immediately die. And so then they all start freaking out. They need to flee the safe house. Long story short, Midas had sent an assassin after her. And it's some guy that has some weird magic that can like turn into shadows, but not like sexy Asriel shadows, but more like killer. Death shadows. W. Death shadows. Um, And so essentially she gets into some, whatever, the cart um, with Sir Pruin Geo is trying to like save her like he always puts her first I don't know why though because she like does not deserve does it not deserve um, it and Geo ends up getting killed by Shadow Man so like the guards mm. that she was with are killed by Shadow Man Geo is killed by Shadow Man and it's just her and Sir Pruin um, and they're fleeing and that's how her story her subplot in book three ends. I'm assuming there's going to be more in book four about them going to assuming she's going to yeah seventh kingdom is it seventh or eighth kingdom seventh Where's kingdom seventh. the fey land yes yes um okay so melina's out of the way let's pick back up with Orin and rip or slade or rot or ravenger all the I same think i'm man. just gonna call him i'm just gonna call him slade and it'd be like slade when he's being the king slade when he's being rip so she's super pissed at him and feels that he's lied to her this entire time. Um, he doesn't think like he's done anything wrong and accuses her of hiding her heritage. When he went to go find her, he killed some of the guards, um, which pisses her off. But he's actually able to unrot them. So he brings them back to life and he tells her that he can do that during a specific window of time after something is rotted. He can bring it back to life. So yeah, he's a pretty powerful guy. He tells her to call him Slade. Um, so they're kind of fighting and arguing. Um, but Midas shows up, basically tells uh, Slade, you know, get the hell out of here. She's not yours. Where are we with Orin and Midas? Um, they definitely do not have a good relationship. And she is extremely uh, standoffish with him, as she should be. Uh, she is not cooperating with him as she normally would. And so he's trying to control her. And he does a lot of really terrible things to control her, but she's really rebelling. Like she refuses to go back into a cage. Um, so he puts her in a room across the hall from him. Um, she sleeps for a few days, but she he she isn't allowed to leave her rooms. Um, so she starts sneaking out by her, outside her balcony. And so she's not doing what Midas tells her to do. And eventually he tells her that he has Digby. And if she doesn't cooperate, he's going to hurt Digby. Now remember so, Digby was her only, I guess we'll say friend or other protector when she originally was in the castle and held captive yeah. by Midas. Digby was on her protector when they were on the caravan to Fourth Kingdom. To right? Fifth Kingdom. Fifth, that's what it was, Fifth Kingdom. Fifth, yeah. Um, when they were attacked. 
by um, the not avalanche, but the fire claws. The red raids. Yeah. Red raids. Wait, the fire claws, that's what you call them. That's not what they're actually called, right? Yeah. No, the, their name, I call them the hot claws. Hot, it's claws. hot fire claws. <laughs> Yeah, so Digby was the initial uh, commander in charge of that caravan, had gone missing, and what again, was like one of Orin's, I guess you'd say closest friend, because he didn't actually say, ever say anything to her. Um, it was but very much cared. like Poppy and her personal guard, like that was her guardian. Yeah. He was always he looking out for her. He took seriously. I need to guard you, so he I yeah. he guard took, you. He took care of her. So and she's so, formed like a, I would say a kingship towards him. Yeah. She loves Digby. I would say like, like a fatherly yes. affection for him. Definitely Poppy and Victor. Right. So we yes. find out here Digby's whereabouts had gone. We didn't know. We assumed he had died. He was never actually found by the Red Raids. Um, but given the cold conditions, we didn't think like he he was long for that environment. But now we know Midas actually has Never been. assume unless they yeah. physically so- – like they like confirm this person is dead because shit like this always happens. Yeah, and even so then Digby they ends up back. telling her. He ends up telling her this is true. Um, that essentially he saw her get captured by the Red Raids, and so he went directly to King Midas. But he punished Digby for um, letting her get captured in the first place, which is like, what the if fuck, I didn't bro? hate Midas already, this would have made me hate this man. Like poor sweet Digby. Minding his own business. Yeah. Just trying to take care of her and follow direction. Doing what he How was told he to do. Yeah. yeah. He's an asshole. But Midas tells her if she doesn't cooperate with him, um, that he'll hurt Digby more because he basically has Digby in prison. Okay. So that kind of turns Oren's mind. And so she kind of starts playing nice as much as possible, although not entirely because she still like sneaks out of her room. So. With Midas's controlling ways, Oren has the realization that he's never going to let them go. Like, Rissa's never going to be able to pay off, like, her freedom. Um, so Oren goes to see her, talk to her to convince her that, hey, they should escape rather than try to buy their freedom. So she goes and she sees other saddles. And the saddles are, like, acting really weird. More weird than usual. Um, and so they're basically all having sex with each other, but they are also kind of out of it. And this is when Oren finds out about Dew. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing Bridget spoiled last conversation. <laughs> the very first book, right? <laughs> um, so apparently Dew is a drug that is harvested in Fifth Kingdom and it makes um, the takers of it. I don't know. I guess I would call it, I guess, like, ecstasy. It makes them really horny. Yeah, they've gone um, to, like, a also- sexual frenzy where, like, they just need release, I guess. They're just, like, yeah. running after the next high, which for them is their orgasms. And they're just, like, out of it. And so Polly has really become addicted to the dew. And as always, she's being a total bitch to Oren. Um, what else do we know about dew? Oh, so... Fifth Kingdom produces it. We find out King Folk, that asshole, was was also a flesh traitor. And so, you know, glad he's Was dead. he really? He was wow. a piece of shit. Yeah. They mentioned that. Um, yeah. Again, do we know in this where the world's coming pieces from? Pieces of shit. Um, well, I don't think they tell us, but remember how Oren was kidnapped? 
yeah. Like, clearly, there's some type of like people kidnapping, slavery, trade. We'll probably find out more about it in book four. Um, but for all we know, like Oren was stolen away by, you know, mercenaries that were paid off by King Folk. Like, who knows? It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why would they bring magical people into the land knowing that their people follow rulers with magic in them? I. Because let's say this person does break away from the trade and, you know, happens upon a royal and ends up in a Molina situation, but like their Molina is a decent human being. They could easily fall into power. Hmm. Yeah. This does seem like a pretty big plot hole. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. It sounds like the we easy way to know. take a kingdom and ruin all. You well, know, we don't maybe know they don't how... want outsiders ruling their kingdom. We don't know how Ravenger became king. Right. Like, there's a lot of unknown True. here. So I'm going to assume before, all this we'll all these loose ends get tied up in four. That's why I did not think it was just one book left. I thought maybe there was two. There was just too well, many I don't things. Think, I don't think book four is the last book. Because, no. so, in the video um, that Raven Kennedy put on TikTok, she was talking about how book four is, like, the longest book in the series so far, blah, blah, blah. But she never said this is the last book. So I so, did not get the impression that it's the last one. Someone did tag me on TikTok, like, saying that, like book four it wasn't just four books but it was never actually confirmed so i was just assuming like oh it was probably a little rumor who actually knows but okay i think you gotta go by the dead character <laughs> like until they're dead and confirmed and we have a confirmation assume nothing <laughs> so unless she has oh said yes it's the last one i'm gonna say it's unconfirmed and there will probably be another one i guess amazon's just unreliable when it says one out of three books <laughs> Two out of yeah, three well, books. that's actually that information is actually input by the authors, so, so I would assume it's correct. But I guess the way that indie authors publish, like I don't think they themselves know what they're like planning for their series. So, anyways, if anybody can tell us if this is going to be the last book or if there's going to be a fifth book, that would be great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. so Oren tells uh, Rissa, you know that Midas is never going to let them go, even if they can buy their freedom. So they need to escape. Um, and so Rissa's kind of like, mm, but they agree to it. And so Rissa tells her, I want to take Polly with me. And Oren's like, well, I'm going to take Digby. And so the four of them are going to make plans to like flee the castle. Um, so Oren says, you know, I'm going to explore around the castle, see what I can do. Um, so that's what she does. She escapes her room a few times. Um, to go explore, see if she can find any secret passages. Um, one time she like sees Rip from afar, but Rip is also with um, the king. So she sees King Ravenger actually and Commander Rip next to him. So she's like, how's that happening? The because decoy the was person. The decoy and was so, so confusing. Yeah. So she's just like, so th that's actually a mystery that gets solved later in the book. Um, so she's fleeing some guards and she finds herself in a secret chamber um, that actually leads her to the library. And so only in fourth kingdom, no, we're in fifth kingdom In fifth kingdom, only the Royals and other people have special permission to be in the library. So she can never actually get in, but she's like, she finds a secret, I guess, door in like a dark corner of the library. She finds a book on Faye and she takes it with her. 
but she's really just looking for blueprints of the castle so she can find an escape route for her and Rissa and Digby and Polly. Has um, she seen Digby at this point? No. So she's she just like assuming she's going to be able to grab him she, and go. She is trusting Midas at his word that Rigby is alive. Insert major Digby, eye roll. Not Rigby. I saw your major eye roll. <laughs> uh, that Digby is alive and that he's in working condition. But anyways. What the fuck is working um, condition? What? <laughs> That he's like fine, <laughs> alive and he's not like, on the he's like whole edge of death. Like all the pieces of Digby are there and they work. Um, that's what she assumes. Okay, I think so, even that just sort of speaks to Oren's uh, na- naivete. naivete. Thank you. I was naivete. like, how? Uh, add that to another. Am I saying this right? Um, but I think that also just speaks to like, oh, well, Midas said I didn't touch him. Like, yes, he can be fully intact and still knocking on death's door because he hasn't eaten. He hasn't been able to sleep. He hasn't had water. He hasn't had access to medical care. Like all of those things where she just thinks we're just going to grab him and jet out of here. Like, no She really deal. just takes his word as like the truth and it pisses me off. I'm like, how have you not learned anything and everything I, comes out this man's mouth is a bullshit. I think that's. Wow. That's part of like Oren's charm is that she always charm. Like, thinks the yeah, like she always thinks the best of everybody. Like even the stupid saddles who treat her like shit. I've never they're so mean to her, so mean to her, and she's which, still. Which one's pregnant, Poppy or no? No, missed. Missed. Okay. And there's no Poppy. It's Polly. Oh. <laughs> Confusing I think you said world. Poppy like recently and, and just oh. stuck with me. No. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. <laughs> you said Poppy. I know. You're I know. Stuck I said on, Poppy. I know you're stuck from on from Blood and Ash. When am I and not? You always will be. You always will be. I blame you. But isn't uh, <laughs> is Rissa is even? <laughs> yes, yeah, she's in cahoots with Oren. Yes, yeah, she's playing the lead. But even then, she's like, I need to know what's in it for me, and she's. Asking Orin to make her gold things now, right? Isn't that well, part of like a payoff? Well, originally she had asked she her like always, as blackmail yeah. from when she first found out that she had the golden touch so she can collect it to buy out her contract as a saddle in order to flee. But yeah. obviously right that's now not going to happen. I think Orin is still just making her gold things so that they have money, but it's not necessarily to pay off because they're just, they're going to escape. That's the plan. So Midas is expecting some uh, royal people from Second Kingdom to show up. So he's using Orin to like guild, i.e. make a bunch of the Palace of Ranhold gold. And so he's doing this for like two days in a row. Obviously, she's cooperating. He's trying to keep up appearances. He wants to show, I'm new here. I'm going to guild touch everything and show you guys the wealth that I bring to this kingdom and why I'm such an important yeah. player in remember, this world. She, she was missing for like two months. I think three so. Three months-ish. And the entire time he's been at that kingdom and people were kind of like, where's the gold? Where's the gold? He's coming here to help us. Where's the gold? Minus what are you doing? And now that she's here, she has to produce a lot of gold to make up for the time. Isn't yeah, he like work her to a, the point she's exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. He works her to the point where she's like absolutely exhausted. 
and she she can't even like walk to her room and that's when rip comes and slide who is he at this point i think he's rip he's rip he's rip because of what happens at dinner the next day um so rip comes and he like runs into her and he sees that none of the guards would touch her so like he actually grabs her and like picks her up because he feels Um, bad that she cannot move he's like why is no one helping this poor girl He's like pissed because he's like she's a damsel in distress, and you're just standing there watching her. Yeah, no, all of the guards except for Digby and Sale, may he rest in peace. Um, they're all pieces of shit too. Oh, Sale. Um, anyways, so there's finally, finally, like a hot makeout scene, um, between Oren and Rip. Took like just lots of years. How happened to get here? She throws um, her hands I don't up. Know, finally, there's. Finally. So he's like carrying her. It's on a banister, but then he takes her to her room. They're on the balcony um, eating and they start making out. But they actually end up getting into a fight because he's basically accuses her of like picking Midas. And she really doesn't respond to that. Um, I forget why. I was just honestly caught up in the fact that they finally made out. Um <laughs> It was a pretty hot PG thirteen scene. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. Going I mean, the, back to reread it. The, the like little tension that they had on the banister because he like sat her down on the banister and he was like all close and they were like basically breathing their each other's air, right? Yeah. And so that was very tension compared to like book two. You were assuming attention that there was tension there, right? Or did I just make that up? Or was there no, actually tension? Book two was kind of book two was kind of weak. So, um, like we're slowly, slowly. It's a very building. slow the part. Build. Yeah, the part in book two where I was like, "Oh, this is going down," is when they were in his tent, and um, King Ravenger was supposedly coming, and he was like, "If you want to stay, you need to let me know right now. Like, I can let you stay." Um, and she didn't. Anyways, okay. So no balcony. Go to the bedroom. I mean, yeah, the bedroom, balcony. They're like lounging, right? And she's eating. Yeah. And then that's how that proceeds into them making out. Yeah. Finally, something. Finally. Um. Anyways, next night, Midas is hosting a dinner um, for Queen Kayla of Second Kingdom. She's a young widow. She married the old king, uh, but now she's in charge because he died. She's there with her brother, I forget his name, um, and her brother's husband. Her brother and her brother's husband, I think we like them. I they thought seem, we did like them. They well, like I got the vibe cool that people. I liked him. Got the vibe that they're cool, um, although don't really think she's cool, but we'll get there eventually. So anyways, he calls Oren down to dinner, which she thinks is weird because he rarely has ever invited her to dinner. She realizes that he basically wants to share her off. And at some point during the dinner, Queen Kayla asks Midas to like show his power, i.e. Oren's power, because Midas doesn't have any. And this so I was very intrigued. I'm like, how are they gonna pull this off? And so apparently they've done it before. And so they have this whole routine where she like subtly takes off her glove and like touches something and whatever so i was kind of hoping this was the moment she'd been like a fuck you and exposed him for like and she wants to but she doesn't because of digby um so right right. poor digs 
Pontigny. And so, um, anyways, she kind of is standoffish with him. Um, but eventually she does turn the goblet gold. Everybody's impressed. Slade is also at dinner. Oh, he has a seat at the table. Took you long enough to get here. He has a seat at the table as King Ravenger. However, she notices that Commander Rip is also in the room. So again, there's like a secret Commander Rip. Who is Commander Rip? It's not Osric. It's not Judd. It's not Lou. Like, who is this fake commander? Right. And um, those other folks, just a reminder, were his crew, his inner circle. Yeah. And so there's this his weird wrath. up until this point, really, and besides that one point you see him in the hallway, like if you see Commander Rip, you don't see King Rot. If you see King Rot, you're not seeing Commander Rip. So this is like, I guess, full confirmation that there are two people pretending to be the same person. But different or, people. Yeah, yes. there's a stand-in. There's a stand-in. There's a, a stand-in decoy. for yeah. yeah. For Rip, who looks for almost Rip. exactly like him. Identical. Well, He's always True. wearing the helmet up until this point. Right. Um, but even like body language apparently is the mm-hmm. same. And the structure of his like shoulders and like even homegirl is having a hard time figuring well, out. Well, Oren this is. can tell though because um, Decoy Rip feeling, right? doesn't have an aura around him the yeah. way that um, real Rip and Slade do. Anyways. Um, so Midas is tells her to go play the harp. Um, and she's like, I don't want to. I am tired. So again, she's like putting her foot down with him, but he's trying to force her. Um, and so she's like, I can't. I'm too tired. I'm depleted. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Um, Commander Rip can carry you to the harp. And so I, that's this Midas's point you're way. Like, uh-huh. Did you see them carrying each other? Yes. That is what Midas's way of telling Midas? her. I know that he carried you last night because of course, like all these guards um, that are watching her, they're also spying on her and reporting back to Midas about what she's doing. Anyway, she plays the harp. She goes back to her room. She actually has a fight with Midas and he hits her. He slaps her. And so she ends up having this huge bruise on her cheek up until this point. He's never really been physical with her. And so uh, she realizes that he's going to leave her alone for a couple of days because he doesn't want to feel guilty about seeing the bruise on her face, even though he's like, look what you made me do. It's all your mm-hmm. fault. He like doesn't want to come to terms Such with that. Such an abuser. He's an I just slapped you. Look what you made me do. I hate you. Right. And that's what and he says to her all the guilty time. about it. So I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to see you. Yeah. So she takes opportunity um, that Midas is, isn't on her ass. Um, she goes to see Rip to talk to him and kind of clear up their fight. And finally, guys, Finally, they hook up. You need to say where they like. He went to. So she, she went, went to, to his, his bedroom, room. right? She went to his bedroom. She actually runs into decoy rip. Um, she starts like looking in his bedroom. She was waiting in like his sitting room, but she got nosy. Um, so he comes and he finds her. They basically confess their feelings for each other. Although it's funny because he tells her. I know that means that you love me or something like that. And she's like, I never use those words or whatever, but they get it on. She just glazes over really underselling life. that scene. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, well, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Okay. 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 Biggest, biggest takeaway is Slade has a mouth. He has a dirty, uh-huh. filthy mouth. 
Like, but I wasn't hot. expecting it. And then I was enjoying it. And then he called her baby. And that was just like one of my words Ugh. at that time that I was like, Ugh, here we go again. But now I think months have passed and I've gotten over my whole weird, like using the word baby thing. And I could appreciate it. <sighs> I, not, I also did not see the level of Rip's dirty talk coming. But it is, as I texted you guys yesterday, probably one of the best ones I've ever read. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. I would totally let someone talk like that to me. uh (laughs) Like the lead up because when they were in the room, she still couldn't touch him without turning him into gold. So they were like – we haven't touched on that part yet. Which I think still needs to be talked about. We kind of mentioned it a little bit as one of my theories, but it was confirmed in – I don't know if it was this book or in the second book – that orange power only works during sunlight hours. Correct. Um, so this whole tension scene, it's like Rip knows I cannot touch you without being – For like 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I guess that you can kind of see the like stream of the sunlight through the room and they're on separate sides and, you know, they're all hot and heavy. Isn't he like dictating, telling her what to well, do and how to strip like, tease? He's, yeah. He's like sitting in the chair and he's like strip. It's hot. It's a – it's – Finally, like, like the foreplay, chef's kiss. The actual part, you know what? The two books waiting, well worth it. No, I mean I'm not going to go that far. It was good. Yeah, I'm it not going to go that far either. That could have happened two in and book half two. Bucks. Okay, it could happen in book two. I would have taken it in a tent either way. <laughs> it's very good. I'm just saying it was it was expected, but not expected. Like rip. He's not part of the the reverse harem, but you know he's <sighs> makes a know. solid case for it, though. I mean, Hilda's face harem, is like no. If the harem had eight members, he would be in it. Eight? I would say yeah. if the harem had like one more. <laughs> Come on in. Could <laughs> add eight. I mean, so greedy. Eight. Wow. <laughs> what are the other four? Hilda likes him? a rotating a schedule here, apparently. <laughs> Don't want to get bored. This I don't know. Long list. <laughs> maybe Asriel. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, no, I also feel like maybe Commander. I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because we can it up. We can start talking. Anyhow. That and. <laughs> does any furniture break or did I make this up? Crown Prince of the Ball. Oh, <laughs> Every time. It always goes back to that man. <laughs> to what man? Whoever you're Rune Dannon. Um, Rune Dannon, yes, there we go. Crown Prince of Valbar and Faye. I know I thought you said Drake. No. What did you say before that? Oh uh, no, so- I said at some point did any furniture break in this scene? Oh yes, the bed breaks because she okay. accidentally made the pillow gold and so the pillow fell through like the mattress and so they broke the bed. Although according to Slade, he's like, well, that's not how I imagined us breaking the bed. But I couldn't remember if it was just like if it actually happened or if it was like Bridget extended the scene. <laughs> but didn't she do that when she was like snooping? I think before he got there. She did. And that's how he knew she was snooping because she turned something gold. Yeah. She like sniffed on it and it turned gold. <laughs> was it his like shirt or collar or something or, or the jacket? <laughs> No, because she wanted to smell like the pillow. Because apparently, okay, so this is this. Well, I say it's weird. Like he's described a smelling of like earth and like wood chips. 
but also bitter chocolate. I'm not feeling those scents. I was like, please let me go like, get some like bitter chocolate in head, and throw like, it in the like, ground and sniff it. Bed Bath and Beyond can- candle, I can go smell. Like, does he smell like a or mushroom? Bath and Body Works, not Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> like a mushroom. It just, it's such a weird, do not seem like pleasant smells. Like wet earth is not a pleasant smell. No. I See, I picture like, you know, when like kids come back from playing outside, like that yeah, no. mustiness. Ugh. Yep. Oh. You smell like outside. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, she has to leave in the morning. They kind of like talk. Fake decoy rip is there. Um, He gets banished to the balcony so they can talk some more. Whatever. They make plans to meet up. He says he's going to send Lou after her. Um, So she goes to her room. She manages to like take a bath. Um, But she basically sleeps all day. She wakes up. She had a wild night. Yeah. She wakes up, Lou is there, and so, like, Lou sneaks her out to go to the army camp. We find out what Lou's secret magic power is, which she can, I guess, divert people's attention Mm -hmm. so that they don't notice her. Um, She can't use it. It's not super strong, so she can't use it with a ton of people, but it's enough to, like, divert attention from her and Oren so that nobody sees them sneaking out. Um, Okay, so they get to the army camp. And it was just like when she was with Fourth Army as their prisoner, and um, I think it's Rip. He's in his Rip form. Rip is in his Rip form um, with the rest of his wrath. They're kind of like joking around, blah blah blah. Another sexy time scene in the tent between Rip and Oren. This one was faster, not as detailed, still pretty hot. Um. But while they're there, Oren's basically like, we have to talk. And so she ends up telling him about the plans that she has with Rissa and what's going on with that situation. And um, and so they basically – Rip decides that basically he and his wrath, they're going to rescue all of them. Um, and they're going to flee. Good old-fashioned damsel in distress rescue. Don't exactly. they also talk about like her being Faye or something, or is she also learning about what it means to be Faye? Because didn't she steal the book from the library? Yeah, she read the book. Um, she reads the book, and that's really like what it discusses. She just knows more about Faye. Oh, here's one thing that I haven't really mentioned. Who? In a lot of the scenes, when Oren gets really angry, and it actually first happened when she was training with the Wrath in book two, she describes like there is something inside of her. That is, like, a separate entity trying to, like, get out. And so... Her inner fae. I thought that that was just, like, Raven Kennedy's description of how angry um, Oren is. But potentially, that's not what that is. And we'll get there. Um, So, Lou takes her back after they make plans on how, like, they're going to escape. And they run into Queen Kayla. And so Queen Kayla's gift is basically that she can she can control voices. So she can make somebody like lose their voice, but she can also bring somebody's voice to her. Um, so like she can find out people's secrets. Um, she makes Oren go on a walk with her and she basically threatens Oren when she tells Oren, she's like, hey, uh, Queen Melina's dead. Oren's like, what? I didn't know this. Um, she's like, Queen Melina's dead and I'm going to marry Midas and I don't want him to have his saddles around. And um, 
Oren's like, yeah, no problem. Clearly, Kayla overheard her talking to Lou about how Rip is like a million times better than Midas. I forget what she said. Anyways, Oren's basically like, yeah, not interested. I'm just going to leave. Kayla's like, great. That way I don't have to deal with you the way that I have to deal with the pregnant one or something like that. And mm-hmm. so Oren realizes that she's going to try to kill Mist and Mist's baby. Because remember, Mist is pregnant with Midas' child. Um, so then Oren, being Oren, who is like a nice, sweet, innocent soul, um, she goes crazy looking for Rissa. Rissa's not there. She's in town. So she goes directly to Mist and she tells Mist, hey, Queen Kayla is going to try to kill you because you're pregnant with Midas' child. Mist does not take it well. And... Honestly, I'm super pissed that between Polly and Mist, like, they're such jerks to her. In my head. Like, these damn saddles. Over time, I've just merged together Polly and Mist. Because I think Polly really doesn't bring anything else to the story other than being a bitch. Well, she's addicted to do. Well, Mm -hmm. that as well. But I'm assuming if Mist wasn't pregnant, she would also be addicted to do. So... In my head, I just combine them both because yeah, I feel like they also just treat her the same way. At least they're so mean to her. No, and they're like Rissa, like found out a secret. She's doing something with Orin. You know, she's taking a leech. Like her character has at least a little plot other than being a bitch. No, so Mist takes it as a sign of jealousy. You're yeah, just jealous that I'm I was having baffled. my child. And you're not. He's going to take full denial. He's going to take care of me. This baby's going to be great for him. I'm going to be well taken care of. Like, she thinks she's got it set up and Miss er, and Oren is desperately trying to tell her, like, you are in danger. He is going like, to kill you the second this baby is born. Yeah. Like, don't you realize, like, he is a total jerk? But I think they're just so blinded by Midas's touch, which is, like, his charm and that what he – can just get away with anything he wants basically because he's Midas and he has them all wrapped around their finger to believe that yes you'll be fine you'll be okay and then kill them so feel bad for her but still she's a bitch I don't feel bad for her actually I don't feel bad for her and I don't feel bad for Polly because that's frustrating because how many times does Oren have to try and save your asses before you guys like I almost just felt like I don't need to see this like Like, I I feel bad that she got pregnant by Midas, and now she's put into this situation. Because that still sucks. Like, you just basically signed up for a death sentence just because you're giving life. Like, Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I feel bad for her in that part. But I feel bad for her in that part, but I just am like, how many times does Orin have to try and save you guys? Yeah. For you guys to actually take her seriously. And just be nice. Just be nice. She gave you her coat in the middle of winter. Not her. I think she gave it to Rissa. Or po- she gave Polly? it to Polly. Polly. She's trying to warn you. Like, if someone was like, hey, you're in danger, I think, like, a big chunk of me would be like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. I wonder if yeah, that well, could be true. Miss I basically think, feels like, like her oh, baby is the golden ticket to the better life. I guess. I've got the golden ticket. I was like, which one of us is going to <laughs> go into that? It's Bridget. That was a really good pitch, Bridget. <laughs> really good pitch. Um, okay. So, anyways, the next day, Midas comes to Oren and he's like, hey, I need your help doing some, like, last finishing touches for the um, the celebratory ball tonight. 
and she goes and whatever she's gilding he like uses up all her power again the sun goes down he brings food for her she starts to eat because she's so hungry and like depleted and she's like hey i want to go see rigby now and he's like okay yeah let's go see rigby digby and digby (laughs) who is rigby where did rigby come from (laughs) i don't know but i was like did she say rigby or digby (laughs) you know what i was listening to the beatles earlier today eleanor rigby that's why. Okay. So as he's walking her to go see Dickie she realizes that she's like super weak, even more weak than she was the first time Uh-oh. that he depleted her magic. And so I totally had a bad feeling about this when he like started feeding nice. her. And so they go, they find Rigby, Digby, Digby. <laughs> they find Digby. And so she realizes that Digby is basically, he's like laid out in a bed and he's been beat up, like seriously beat up. And Midas tells her, you know, hey, every time like you disobeyed me, every time you gave me attitude, like he suffered for it. And this is all your fault. So look what you made me do. Another Midas, look what you made me more do. of a monster. And she also realizes that Midas has has drugged her and he has slipped her some dew because the dew is going to make her more compliant. And so um, she starts freaking out about this. She's like exhausted, but like her adrenaline's running. It's a really chaotic scene. And again, because the dew is supposed to like make you sexually aroused, um, he's actually going to try to like assault her. Um, But she uses her ribbons to like push him away and he falls. And yeah. Oh God, I hate talking about this. And he falls. And so he like starts yelling at her. Um, he calls the guards in. They hold her up against the wall. She thinks that he's going to go stab Rigby with Digby with his sword. <laughs> Can you edit that all out, Bridget? <laughs> Make every time I say Rigby, Digby. Um, and he actually chops away her ribbons. This Midas. Yeah chops off her ribbons was so terrible to read son of a bitch like i think i was speechless like did i just read i think i was too i'm wondering like wait what i had to stop it escalated into a place now that was uncomfortable to read just because it was a tough scene however you feel about ribbons flesh tentacles whatever it may be this is an extension of her body. It's basically like cutting off a limb. Yeah. Yeah, we finally grew fond of the flesh tentacles. And you go chop it off. I know she has plenty, but chopping off one. No, he still- chopped off all 24 of them, like methodically. Midas is a monster, like a terrible, horrible monster. And I texted you guys. He's like up there with Lionel from Zodiac and Maeve from Throne of Glass as like, Horrible, evil villains that I hope die horrible, evil deaths. Yes. Agreed. Um, Spoiler to what's to come, but we're going to do a whole episode on villains, so everyone can feel free to weigh in on who are their most favorite hated people. Um, But in this scene, I think Midas takes the cake. At the time when I read it, I physically wanted to throw up, and I kind of want to do that right now as well. Please don't. 
It was just. I'll spare you the visual off the camera. If it happens. I feel like it'll start a chain reaction. <laughs> I keep yawning, which keeps spawning Bridget to yawn. You know, Not really that your gross. recap isn't great, Hilda. It's great. Again, you know, it's really tired on a Sunday. You know, when you're younger and like you saw like a lizard's tail fall off, or you accidentally pulled one off, and it kind of just jiggles. Ew. And wiggles. Yes. That's, That's what picture. I always pictured, like, the tentacles, like, when they, like, chopped it off her back. They were just kind of, like, on the floor. Oh, my <laughs> God. Please don't ever make that sound again. <laughs> just the visual of that. Please don't. Also, okay. you're going to leave that in. So I- You're not editing that out. I pictured it more as, like, you know, when you cut a piece of ribbon and just falls to the ground, that's it. Like, that's <laughs> like what I'm I go the graceful route, and I'm, like. It's taking on its you know, extra a lizard tail left of life, and it's like, where's where's my other piece? Where's my back? Oh, and it just slowly it, just withers away, and just that makes it worse. Life. That makes it tougher. That makes it tougher to read because if you think oh. about it, like her ribbons just did take on life of its own. Sometimes they, they would were crush sentient, her face. as Hilda said. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I assumed like once he had cut it off, like they were still like bouncing for their little lives, Flopped and then just around. kind of like <laughs> like dead fish, just a full body shudder. I just had to do right now. Just, okay, okay, we let's real back. Let's move on. It's a real disturbing, a real tough it's scene disturbing. to read and process. You're welcome. And go through. Um, it was terrible. It was not good. So but that's not even like a part, like the worst part of this book, like. You think, okay, great, we've moved on. We're there. We can move on to better places, right? No, shit just keeps hitting the fan. No, I was going to say this is pretty bad. I mean, it gets a little bit worse, but okay. So we find out that the celebrat- at the celebratory ball, which has not happened yet, um, that Midas is going to announce his um, engagement to Queen Kayla. And so um, he has Oren dressed up to go to the ball he also has her drugged um with a lot of dew which is coming via polly but polly because she's addicted to dew doesn't really give Oren all of the dew that she is supposed to just like the so, polly kept stealing it it's like i yeah pictured it like a tic-tac like an altoid she just kept like <laughs> popping them like one for you five for me one for yeah. you five for me <laughs> polly's an addict and like doesn't want to share the dew she actually yells at Oren. she's like you're not worthy of the dew and again polly terrible character missed terrible character like there's just oh like they never got the women supporting women memo ever oh no no they did not no jerks okay so at the ball what's his face Midas wants to like make a demonstration of his power and so he brings Oren up um or he's like on a balcony giving a speech and so at the end he wants to turn the balcony gold um but Oren does not like cooperate and so they get into like this argument um and he actually uses her ribbons um that he picked up to like tie her up and like leave her on the balcony. I think this is pretty bad. And he's gonna go downstairs to like a celebratory toast to like Queen Kayla. So he's down there with Kayla um, and Prince Naveen, who we've never we haven't really talked about him because he's just a snot nosed kid. But he is the son of King Folk, who is supposed to take over obviously for the kingdom. But he's like twelve years old and he can't. And he's just he's an entitled asshole too he's everybody's an asshole there. in this book 
So he really doesn't do much of anything except be really obnoxious um, and say really inappropriate things to like the other nobles. So like, we really don't care about him except you for know the fact that I, he's a minor. You know who I picture when Joffrey? I was reading this? No, I was picturing Dudley from Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. I think that's a more accurate representation. Joffrey gives Naveen too much credit to say that it's like, yeah, he's like that. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Okay, yes, Dudley, I can see that. Um. So basically, they're going to have a toast. Slade is there as King Ravager. And he like sees Oren or he feels Oren really. So he's going to make his way towards her. Um, but Midas is like, no, hey, royal, join us for the royal toast. And so they go to toast and then Prince Naveen starts immediately like choking um, on his wine. And he has black veins coming up his neck. And so it's clear that he has been poisoned. Or has he? Because then Midas or someone claims um, that the way that Prince Naveen dies makes it look like it's the work of King Rot. And so clearly there is a ploy here um, to try to imprison Slade um, and Slade's people by making it seem like he poisoned um, Prince Naveen. So Oren's like up on the balcony tied up, freaking out. Um, So she runs downstairs somehow. Um, She evades her guards. And she basically tells everybody in the room, she's like, no, you did it, telling Midas, you killed Prince Naveen, blah, blah, blah. So Midas starts, like, ushering everybody out of the room. It's a really chaotic scene. Stuff is going down. So at this point for me, reading when this happened, mm-hmm. it gives me vibes back to the War of Two Queens, a War yes. of Two Queens, where so much is happening for you to take in and orient yourself around. So from this point forward, I really almost struggled a little bit to figure out like where where are we? So, Who just what just happened? So there it's utter chaos. The High Bell guards and their Ranhold guards are like trying to get everybody out of the room. The royals are still there and Slade's wrath shows up and like basically is encircling them encircling him and Oren um, so like they don't get injured and they're having a standoff and so Oren is basically like we are leaving like I'm not gonna be here with you anymore I don't know she has this whole speech um, that she gives what's his face gives Midas then something kind of chaotic happens where the Wrath are confronted by Midas's soldiers and so Midas uses that as a distraction to grab Oren. And basically he puts a knife to her throat. Again, kind of like reliving what happened with King Folk. And he's going to drag her out. And he's basically like, if I can't have her, nobody can have her. So like Midas is having a full on meltdown, like narcissistic, evil bad guy meltdown. And she's being dragged away by him. Queen Kayla is like being off, taken by her guards in the other direction. And so um, Oren's telling Slade, like, don't do anything stupid. Like, don't do anything to, like, save me. He, Slade, is scared to do anything. That if he doesn't kill Midas fast enough, Midas will kill Oren. Digby is there. um, Because, oh, we find out that 
decoy Slade, decoy Rip is actually Rip's brother. His name mm-hmm. starts with an R. I can't remember. Um, but Rip has a brother. Um, and that's the decoy. So, anyways, chaotic scene is happening. Just skipping over that in the chaos. Yeah. Oren is like, her life is in danger. And so that thing that she says is inside of her, that like anger, that inner fae, whatever it is, um, starts to manifest. And so essentially her power, her secret power, is that she can call the gold back to her. And so all of the gold in the ballroom starts like melting um the floor starts melting so it's like getting people stuck who are trying to flee it's like turning into like icicles that's like impaling and killing people um and great part Oren ends up killing Midas she uses the gold to um like hold him up against the wall like trap him against the wall and then she goes and like gives him a kiss and so on the cheek and so then her gold starts to like slowly go into his body and like suffocate him little by little. So I just she kills him not before we find out something more about Midas. Yeah, there's like a huge oh, plot point. Shit. Like a character How did reveal. I forget this. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. So, so when before you say that, I will say that the chaosy lava floor thing was crazy to me to to I was really concerned. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I just imagine it like one of those like Avenger scenes where like she's standing there and everything's just like being reabsorbed into her. Yes. And then she's going to just like channel it back out into this one person. And then I guess that's how she does it with the kiss. And it just kind of just seeps out of her into the kiss and slowly but surely just like makes him gold. And he's like, (laughs) yep, frozen. Yep. Like, like, yeah, I was thinking about like frozen and carbonite. You know, from Hocus Pocus, where Winnie is like the sun yes. hits her and she goes, <laughs> and she turns to like stone and then turns to dust. I Very didn't realize like, you Winnie. had the secret talent for sound effects, Bridge. <laughs> Especially that one. Not even real words. I, if you sat in my pot, you probably wouldn't know that uh-huh. one work. Oh, I know. Wow. Uh, but yeah, um, so like I thought that was a fitting end for Midas to get gold kissed and turned into the yes. very mm-hmm. thing that he ruined her life for, basically. Yeah. But, but who is he? So hit us okay, with this other plot. I can't believe I can't believe okay, so when she's in the room with Digby, or is it I don't know. At some point she's having a confrontation with Midas, and so Midas tells her um essentially that he when he like remade his life, he was Barton East. So he was the other flesh trader dun, dun, in the dun. town that she lived in. And so he basically, he knew about her and he chased after her and he made up the whole situation um, in the village where he found her, where she had to like escape from. Um, she ended up, he ended up killing those people. So like no one would tell. And so, he always made it his goal to get Oren. And so um, he's been manipulating her from the beginning. He saw her as an opportunity and he literally planted himself in every situation for her to turn around and say, that is my savior. That is the man that's going to protect me. Grooms her, puts her into this cage because he knew that even though he was super well off as his little 
flesh trading situation that he had going on in his original kingdom that she was the literally the golden ticket again. And he really did a lot with that because what he came, became a flesh trader in the village, well-known, feared, all that. Mm-hmm. He worked himself the up into a kingdom. Yeah. And he abandoned that, bummed it with her to protect her, traveled to the kingdom. So I'm assuming he was planning this all from the beginning as soon as he knew what she, she can existed. do. Oh, yeah. He's a master manipulator. Um, Very good at, like, court politics. Um, he definitely got the ending that he deserved. Um, okay. But this is where it gets crazy. So remember when I mentioned that Orin had, like, this thing inside of her? So it's not quite clear what it is, but basically her power is manifesting. and She doesn't have control over it. But it's like also weakening her. So Slade is freaking out that she's going to die because she is not controlling her power. She is scared to let go of her power because she thinks it'll take over and kill everybody um, that she cares about, like the Wrath and Slade. And so so she said this weird explosion where if she doesn't lock it down, the power is going to consume her. And the way it was explained, it's almost like a fireball effect kind of situation. Yes. Like, you got to lock this down. Otherwise, you're going to kill everyone in here. But she's also afraid of that very same thing where if I I can't lock it down because that's what's going to take over. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a weird catch-22 situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Slade keeps apologizing to her, but he uses his power to basically, like, shut her down. And so she passes out for a little bit. Um, and so... It goes into his point of view over like this ending scene, but the book basically ends with Slade carrying out Oren, and so Osric, Judd, Lou is there. Digby is joining them, as is Decoy Rip, whose name Decoy starts Brother with an R. Um, and so they're leaving. Oren is passed out as Slade is carrying her. So and as she is passed continued. out, even as she's passed out, like the castle is crumbling around. Yeah, everything is yeah, chaos. Like a gold lava flow that I am, I feel like was described. Like there's just gold pouring out where people are getting stuck and trapped and drowning in. Is that? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It it's crazy. No, I, I'm definitely seeing, I visualize the same thing that you're saying. So I'm assuming it must be around those same lines. Where the castle is yeah. just turning completely into gold or being swallowed by gold. Right. And uh, I have a few we, questions. Heroes got to get out. How did Digby get out of the basement or wherever he was being held? So, so Midas thought that Orin was having an affair with Rip. And Not so, he, I mean, he did. Yes. But he captured decoy Rip um, to torture him. For messing with Oren, not realizing that decoy rip is not the rip that she's been hooking up with. Um, and so obviously decoy rip is probably strong. And so he said something like when they're in the confrontation scene, Midas realizes that she it, it's actually her relationship has been with King Ravenger, not with Rip decoy rip shows up and he's like, I've been saying this all along to your torturer. Like it wasn't me. And so I guess when Decoy Rip was in the dungeons, he went, escaped, and grabbed Digby okay. um, and brought Digby along. 
My second question is, mm-hmm. does Slade transform himself to look like his brother or are they twins? They just naturally look alike. Or do they not look alike? They just have no. the same body structure and he wears she, the helmet. She says that they look very similar. Their eye colors are different, but you wouldn't notice. Not so much that it's noticeable, but obviously she knows because so she's in love they're with like twins. Slade. I don't it's not it expressly stated. For some reason, I thought it was like an older brother, younger brother, yeah. but very close in relationship. See, that's so. what it I was remembering. similar enough. But also now I'm just conv- – like I couldn't remember what is his natural form. Like is he normally look like Slade or does he normally look like Rip? That's actually I, a good question because I don't think it's clear. Yeah, we don't – no, or are they about- similar enough? But just Rip has more rot to him, or not? Well, Rip, no. or Ravager does has more rot, rot. Because does Ravager change to look like his brother? So Commander Rip. So maybe that's a power that he has. So, and this is something I left out. Um, so let me go try to answer the question. They're brothers, obviously. Um, it seems like Rip, though, is the one who has the power. Like, Slade yes. has the power. Right. His brother doesn't because that's how Orin can tell them apart. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, decoy Rip doesn't have that aura um, that he gives off. When Slade and Midas are making a peace treaty um, so that they don't go to war, um... Slade is basically, I just want this one piece of land. Um, right, we never, that was another one of my questions. I was like, I what happened to this like land situation? So this one piece of land, it's like called like Deadwell or something. And so um, Midas is like, uh, there's nothing there. Like, why do you want it? Rip's just kind of like, I just want it. Um, go to find out that there is a town there. Um, that's populated by people that it's not supposed to be populated by. And so we don't know exactly what is in the town, but it's hiding some type of secret um, that is Slade's. So I thought actually that it's like a secret fae community. Yes, I also thought it had – it was a secret fae community. I thought maybe that's where his family's from, where his family still could possibly live. Something – Something is there that's making him really protect that space. And want it as part of his kingdom. So we don't know yet. There's still quite a few unknowns. And we don't know how minus. he came into his power. Yeah. Midas being um, Midas is like, wait, why would like the king yeah. want this? Something has to be there. So he sends scouts, doesn't he? He does. He sends scouts to like talk to the townspeople. But he really doesn't find anything out. But they're there to like try to like unearth this secret. Um, so that's probably something we'll find out in book four. I feel like, to me, it gave me very, like, Akator, Akator vibes, where Reese is trying to protect um, Valaris. His yeah. Valaris, right. yep. And everyone is kind of hip to the fact that we're hidden. And I felt that way with his people, too. Like, we know you're Midas's people. We know you're snooping around. We're not going to give you anything. There's nothing for you to go on here. Yeah. I feel like Fourth Kingdom is going to have a lot of fey people or fey mixed or blood mixed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what he's been hiding this entire time. 
Potentially. Because remember, the Fae are supposed to be the enemy, but again, we don't know why. They didn't give us the reason for the war. So, a couple of things as we go into book four. Who is the new villain? Well, also, like, did mm-hmm. Queen Kayla know the situation was going to happen with the little boy with Dudley's knockoff? Like, did, was she be... in on the... I don't... So... Or was she also shocked? Like, was she part of this plan where they're going to take down King Ravender? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, we may not necessarily like Queen Kayla, but we do, I think, we're supposed to like her brother. I think her brother is a redeeming factor for her. So we're like, okay, we, you have a really nice brother. Maybe we can mm-hmm. kind of like you. Right. Her brother travels with is. her. Like, you can't be that bad if you love your brother mm-hmm. and he's cool. I don't know. So is the new villain, is it just going to be Melina? Clearly, Pruin, Sir Pruin, Loth Pruin is. He has something to do with Seventh Kingdom. I think he's going to take um, Melina there. I think he's going to take her there too, but like. I don't know. That's why I'm saying like, there's no way this could happen in one book left. There's like an artifact or something that this whole village is protecting and the ruler can finally open up because there was a, a bridge, right? Yeah. Like, what if that's so, the entrance to the bridge? Right. Or like a, a shortcut to the bridge or something. And I feel like uh that's what he's using i guess melina maybe maybe the woo woo shadow man sir lord pruitt whatever his name is will be our our new villain um maybe i don't know i like i'm glad midas is dead but then i'm like oh okay we lost our villain and i don't to your point i'm not sure who is the next in line there's a lot of things that are up in the air it might be, a, I guess it might be Melina. Melina also hates her. So it could also be someone from Seventh Kingdom who's an entirely new villain. But that's the thing. I don't think the Fae are bad. It could be like a know. total like in the first book of Akatar, we thought the red haired bitch was the like the villain villain, and then King Hybern like came into scene. I don't know. I think maybe maybe the Pruin dude is a Fae. Who's trying to get revenge for being treated badly. And so he's going to use Melina to do something. Right. And so they're the new villain couple. We just don't know how. She must be important. She's been in the storyline since the beginning of the book. The first book. Like there's definitely more. I mean she does have royal blood. Yeah. I guess what I just don't get from Melina is I don't get the deep-rooted villain from You don't get the Midas vibe, like... I don't get it. I get her as spoiled. I get her as detached. Like, I just don't get her as evil and as plotting. Plotting is the huge part. Well, now she's starting to plot. But... Well, that's that's the part that's even scarier, is that she's not... She's not as conniving or cunning as Midas. But she thinks she is. So, like, there's nothing worse than a villain who's an idiot but doesn't think they're an idiot. And that's, yes, that's exactly sums up what I feel about her. She's an idiot. She doesn't think she's an idiot. She thinks she's, like, some evil mastermind. Yeah. So those are the dangerous people. Right. So So we have to figure out what's going on with Third Kingdom with Queen Kayla. 
I think she's second kingdom. I don't okay, know. Second back. kingdom. Yeah. So, so I guess if we get into fi- I don't know if you if you guys want to do final predictions now as we so, think through. Because the book got delayed a month, I think that gives us plenty of time for us to make our own bingo cards. Ooh. About how we think the fourth book is going to go. Um, I love this. So I will figure that out and then we can publish them. And then we'll see whose predictions come true and if anybody made bingo. Um, I love that. So we'll, when we um, – I guess when this goes to publish, it will probably be way before – not way before, but before like before it before. comes out. Right. So you can head over to our Instagram, uh, me underscore pod to find these bingo cards. And we'll talk about it again um, probably at our next recording just to remind everyone that these are available before book four comes out so we can all see who gets bingo. Maybe there'll be a prize. I don't know. The prize is that um, you don't get turned into a gold solid statue. The prize is that my assist dead already. <laughs> You're maybe, welcome. Maybe we'll bite those chocolate gold coins. Do they still make I don't those? know, but yeah. Like the little bag. <laughs> Definitely around St. Patrick's Day. That's a great – I feel like that's around Christmas too. You know, That's what the winner will get. Yes, um, a little sack of gold chocolate coins. I will say I do want to be – I'm going on the record here saying I'm a bingo card. I want uh, ribbons growing back. Oh, That's my prediction. Ribbons. Yes. I think they are growing um, back. Okay. So before we go, uh, just letting everybody know – the next series that we'll be covering um, is the Neon God series by Katie um, Robert, I believe. Neon Gods is the first name of the book. It's What's or did he call it the Dark of, Olympus? Yes, Dark Olympus is the name of the series. Neon Gods is the first book. The second book name is Electric Idol, and we're reading this in preparation of the third book. Which is please hold. Well, why she's looking at that? Wicked I Beauty. Say, I just oh, what was it? Wicked Beauty. Yes, Wicked Beauty. First of all, I appreciate that these are not normal names. It's not a ruin of roses, uh, tr- like a gilded, crown gli- of, gilded, a crowned gilded bone, crown something. Things and I thank you for being regular, uh, distinct names. One, I am halfway, a little bit more than halfway through book one of Neon Gods. It is a fun read. It is. It's a spice is spicy. Uh, it is spicy. It kind of grabs you in right away. The writing is good. The storyline keeps you in. Um, it is about the gods of Olympus. And you know my Disney loving self loves. I'm thinking of all the characters from Hercules. From Hercules. Yes. And so like it's just fun. She's like it's adult Hercules those. over here. <laughs> It's very adult, um, but yeah. I I like it. I appreciate the callbacks to the Greek mythology that we're working with here. So it's uh, very good so far. Hilda has not started awesome. it, and Bridget has already finished it. So I will start it tonight. Can't wait for this wait reaction for text. The podcast to process. Um, yeah, it's a little predictable, skin, but it does the Sunday job. Night skincare routine. Oh, of course. Sunday night skincare reset. Books and skincare, this is what we can talk about. Uh, Um, But before we wrap up, any last final thoughts? Nope. For once, I don't have one. 
Well, that is our third book of the Plated Prisoner series. The book is called Gleam, again by Raven Kennedy. Um, I'm Caitlin, as always, joined by my hosts, Hilda and Bridget. Um, And we can't wait to read Neon Gods with you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. Happy reading.